Hey, hello everybody and welcome back to another episode of Doing the Thing. This is number 12 and uh, you know, if you've tuned in the past episodes, you've heard from Everest Summiter Gary Geller, you've heard from Christian Sawyer who just made an amazing life choice, gave up everything, packed it up in an RV, built a studio and produced music from every state around the country. Um, and you know, our goal, Jason's and my goal, um, in this podcast is to find compelling stories, um, you know, that, that illustrate a mindset of success. And we've got a great example of that today. But before we start into that, I just want to beg and remind everybody, if you enjoy what we're doing, please subscribe, please share with other people. Uh, we, we need and want more and more folks to be exposed to the things we're doing. So we, we hope that you'll do us that honor. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about what today's topic is. Um, if you've tuned in before, you know Jason and I. By the way, hi, Jason. Uh, hey, man. How you doing? I'm wonderful. How are you doing? Um, Happy to be here, as always. Right on. You know, we, we really... Um, espouse the entrepreneurial mindset and it's an interesting thing we're going to talk about some generational topics today and i'm the old guy on the call i'm a baby boomer right so in my generation boomer a boomer i uh you know got out of school landed a job with a philip morris owned company that had a pension and a 401k and upward mobility and all those things that said this is where i'll be until i retire right um, and that was the thinking of people in our generation, but we know that the career economy has changed. Um, and folks that have become very adept and fast at picking up on that change are, for example, millennials who, you know, recognize in an early age that, hey, there is not that long-term security. Um, so we're exploring the generational entrepreneurs. And uh, so we want to introduce our, our guest, John, and I'll just give a little background on John. Um, John arrived in the United States literally with $200 in his pocket and didn't know anybody. Um, you know, he, he, what, what does it take? What are you prepared to do to be successful? John did, as he, as he describes it, every dirty work job he possibly could. Um, Fast forward to today, John's a few years uh, shy of 40. He's already launched three successful entrepreneurial ventures with a fourth amazing one right around the corner. So uh, John, welcome and tell us a bit about you, your companies and why and how you started to do the things that you're doing. Well, hello gentlemen. Thank you for having me here and the opportunity to talk to your audience. So I got I got to the States, you were taken 05, I think. It was right around there, February. <laughs> and um, as I said, as you have mentioned, with $200 in the pocket. And now we've got, um, I'm a co-owner or a owner of various companies. And some of them are Interval Cleaning, the entity that was started in 2009. The janitorial uh, company that serves uh, residential and commercial clients mostly although we deviated a little bit from the residential, so we're trying to get back in there. Then in 2012 and 2015, we had, we've started a partner of mine, Jose Enriquez and myself started a home improvement company called Six Construction. The reason I used 2012 to 2015 is in 2012, the company was registered and then it took us about two years in the dormant stage when we were doing our paperwork, getting NDDD certification, home improvement license, and everything else. Mm 
-hmm. So we went in and we started doing work for residential clients. And some of those become were, were happened to be in investors and they were actually flipping houses and or renting them. So we looked at the model, we helped them to be successful and we're like, actually, we looked in more into real estate. And one of the interesting facts that we figured out that the real estate is one of the industries, I kind of even intended to say almost like a dump proof industry. It's because real estate has made the most of the millionaires in the state out of any other industries that I know of. And I think that applies to the, um, the, the entire world as well. And the reason I use the, the word sort of dump proof because there were various scenarios when we were completely wrong with our projections, <laughs> ARV, which is after repair value of the house, repair expenses, the timing, all this, we were gonna sell the house, but we ended up flipping, changing the technology, the, 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 where we were going, the technique, because, it happened that the house was appraised for a lot less than we thought, but, but we changed the model and rented it. And now we have a rental income bearing property, which where somebody else is paying off your assets. So we looked at it and we're like, okay, 2017, how about we start a company called Cruise Investment? And we started that. And currently we are in business of buying and holding and or buying and flipping properties. Very, very cool. Very, very cool. Um, and when you say dump proof, you know, what you're speaking to also is thinking about industries first, right? And, you know, janitorial, that's something that everybody, it's not a question of whether there's a need, it's a question of who that filled by. Um, so you create a quality team value proposition. Um, and that's a recession proof industry, as is real estate. When you think about uh, distressed properties, properties that need fixed, rental, assets, et cetera. So very, very smart. Yeah, also, you've definitely yeah. put in like a one-stop shop in there uh, and, and turn that into multiple revenue streams. Everything to everything that would have to do, be done to that property, I, I kind of see in your business model. It's brilliant. You, you're correct. Yes, we're actually trying to consolidate in our current multi-unit building. We're trying to bring in architects and plumbers and engineers. So we actually are creating one-stop shop, but as you can see, cleaning leads to construction, construction leads to home improvement. And um, to support your statement, Phil, about the industry, it's not only dump-proof the real estate, but it's also, I'd like to call it a future-proof, robotics-proof, because if you think about it, like regardless, the self-driving cars, drivers will become obsolete soon because the, drive, the cars will be driving themselves, right? Mm -hmm. the, the gasoline, we will stop pumping it because everything is going to become solar. It's like when we moved from a stone age, not because our, we ran out of stones, but just you know, <laughs> humankind evolved. So with the same thing, even in home improvement and janitorial, I'm seeing robotics coming in. You know, the machines are laying cement and foundation or machines already with sensors cleaning and scrubbing the floors. But however way you look at it, we, the humans, will always need a place and roof above our heads. So whatever you do, real estate is not going anywhere. Bam. Absolutely. I 100% agree. And 
I like that you you kind of mentioned that it's kind of like AI proof and, and robotics proof because you know those basic human needs they always need to be covered and you can't you can't do that through technology. You could do it to a certain point, but you cannot uh, completely uh, manage that through technology. Correct. So interesting. Um, you know. So I want to go back to your roots. Look, 200 bucks in your pocket, don't know anybody, taking some, you know, admitted, admittedly sounds like jobs other people might turn down. And John, you could have stayed, you know, continuing to do that kind of work, right? And many people do, and there's nothing wrong with being attracted to the security of a paycheck. Um, but why didn't you choose that path? I, um. I'll try to sum it up somehow with a, with a shorter work, but it's mostly the ambition and the drive that I had back from when I arrived here to the state. And my background is I studied English philology. I was supposed to become a teacher back home and teach the English hmm. to uh, my countrymen, right? Mm -hmm. So when I arrived here- Where was home again? As in Uzbekistan, which is ex-Soviet Union country, so that's right. The uh, the country in which I was born, or the union, does not exist anymore, but the country exists. So, um, but going back to my story, when I arrived here and I looked at it, I'm like, wow, I can't actually teach English because everybody <laughs> here speaks better English than I do, and I'm like, what do I do? So I had to requalify myself really quickly, how to clean the toilets, how to scrub the floors, how to park the cars, how to wait the tables, everything else that was you know, needed to get by. Because especially with the immigrant mentality, when you arrive here, you have nothing. You're starting from zero, right? You don't have friends. You don't have assets, belongings, equipment, tools that you had generated over time. So you, you have very short time to make the sprint to accumulate and generate and build the friendships and get the things you need. And um, I guess it was uh, at some point deep in my heart, I always knew that I wanted to run my own business. I just didn't know what it would be. So, um, and then by nature of work and showing, seeing the opportunities, I started to identifying the opportunities, what would work best and this is where I am now. That's yeah. incredible, man. Yeah, great. Stuff. Yeah, so so you just kind of did it out of out of necessity, and and I love that because you know you have some of those um, entrepreneurial um, influencers out there like Gary V. Um, he'll go out to a town and he won't have you know more than like fifty bucks in his pocket, and he'll he'll hit up yard sales and try to resell items and things like that. It just kind of demonstrates that if there's, you know, a will to get out there and do something, you know, it can be accomplished. You know, as long as you have that drive and that passion and that hard work to do it, absolutely, you can you can do it. It might take a little bit of time and you don't know what that's going to eventually evolve into, um, much like your story, but it can happen and you can do it. And I, I try to um, do that in my own coaching practice and, and, and trying to encourage others that feel that they don't have anything to their name, you know, it's like, well, you already have a benefit of being a, a citizen of the United States. You did, you, John, you didn't have, even have that, that benefit 
you know going for you so it's it's amazing kind of listening to your journey right now thank you yeah you should have uh, seen my surprise face first time when i saw a beggar approaching asking for money and i'm like do you speak english <laughs> he's like yep I'm like, are you citizen here yep i'm like how can i help you <laughs> It's hard to come up with an excuse. It really is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it's so it, it, I want to touch on one thing because so again, you come to the country, you're doing odd jobs and then you decide, you know, I want to run my own business and some people listening and maybe arguably half the country or more hears this and said, yeah, but that's a lot of risk. You know, are you crazy? But you also touched on something around uh, the the, the career economy risks, right? AI has, is, is uh, going to just create change forever in how things are done. Robotics, um, the Amazon effect and all those things. So what is your risk portfolio? What you really have to ask yourself is based on your specialty, what risks do you see affecting your industry and how can you shield yourself from those risks? And one way, John, you've done that is through um, you know, diversifying your, your entrepreneurial portfolio. But I got to tell you, a lot of people would say, do one thing and do that thing well, um, and focus on one company and be good at that one company. Here you are with three getting ready to full, uh, launch four. Why and how, um, what made you decide to juggle all these plates? So when when you say about the security, I, I like you, you mentioned the word about security. Um, Jim Brown, I was watching his video recently on YouTube, actually two plus hours, and he said, if you're afraid, if you need a security and safety, then there are places where we will put you at a corner, we'll feed you three times a day, we'll make sure you have your medicine and all the other stuff. What a life to live, right? Mm-hmm. Right. But would you rather do that or go out to explore? And, and also another thing which he had mentioned is about security is like, if you don't want to risk, wait until they hand you a bill for not risking. <laughs> and that is, that yeah. is strong. It's very strong. It, it is, right. If you, if you don't want to take your chances, wait until you get hit for not taking the chances. And then what kind of life do you want to create for yourself, right? Do you want to live, ex do you want to create an extraordinary life where you're actually helping others, where you're creating a legacy, where you're contributing to the society, or would you rather just wake up nine to five? Tony Robbins, one of his speeches is like, we, we're now living in a cubicle life. We wake up in our cubicle houses, go in our cubicle cars, go to our cubicle work, done with it and we always on our cubicle TVs and phones and then come back and sleep and repeat. Do we actually want to do that? We're living, it's, it's like as if we're living in a bubble sometimes and it's, it's point A to point B and then back to A and, and there's really hardly any diversification out there. And like you said, what are we contributing when we do that? Are we just contributing to our own devices do we do we want do we truly want that or do we um you know how do we get out of that how do we get out of that bubble you know exactly. that risk factor yeah exactly and i actually nowadays looking back 10 years self-employed working for myself making decisions of my own i feel more secure than the last job where i had benefits i had the best 
bosses, which actually helped me to prep to this position to run on my own. And I, I am still in friends with them. But now that I look back and this was the best decision I've done, and I actually feel more secure. If I take a beating, I'm taking a beating because of my own fault, not somebody else's. If I'm ripping a reward because of my own judgment and calls, not somebody else's. So, you know, that, that it's, it's, it is, to me, it's more important and, and gives me more control over my future and, the, and, and believe that I can actually design it the way I wanted it to be. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like that, that old adage of breaking free of the golden handcuffs. Sure, those handcuffs are, you know, giving you a salary and they're giving you money and it's predictable and everything like that. But what happens when they just take those cuffs off and they, they kick you out of yourself? What do you have? They keep the cuffs. <laughs> You're starting from scratch. <laughs> exactly. We all remember what happened in 2008 and 2009, right? The largest, biggest companies failed, massive layouts. Those were the most secure jobs people could have dreamed and hoped for. Those were the safest jobs. Yeah, but you know, it, it's interesting. Um, we, we as human beings form our, our paradigms and we um, then create this perception bias that proves us to be right and anything outside of what we believe to potentially be wrong. And despite all of this evidence, you know, you can, you, you can run down the gauntlet. I was alive in 2008 and I ran down this gauntlet of getting punched when my the prop, my property value cut in half and then my 401k became a 201k and that was another punch in the gauntlet and there was risk in industries and people that I was in music publishing then people that used music publishing um, th those clients stopped doing new projects or, or did significantly less because of the economy so you get beaten through that gauntlet and then you're you're with a company and there's threats of consolidation and downsizing and AI risk and all those other things we talk about and you get hit by those punches as well. But then that perceptual bias still says, uh, there's no risk where I'm at and there's risk being an entrepreneur. Well, look at the evidence, right? <laughs> and at least as you say, uh, John, you know, you have control of your destiny. You're not reliant on someone else's whims or, or a, a boardroom deciding and a board of directors what the quarterly profit should look like. Um, but, you know, those are all the beautiful things about entrepreneurship. Tell us about a, a, one of the more challenging times you faced. Well, challenges we always have as a, as a small business entrepreneurs, right? Our problems are pretty much standards or challenges as everyone else's. It's the cash flow, it's the human capital, it's retaining customers, it's being innovative, it's coming up with the new solutions, customer service, all that regular stuff day to day when you're running a business. And uh, I, come, I will go back to Tony Robbins when I was in his New Jersey Expo, he was talking about, he actually brought up as an example, Sears, Kmart and Walmart. And I think he said about 20 years ago, Sears and Kmart were booming where Walmart was tiny company. And everybody was forecasting that Walmart would have gone, would go bankrupt and look what have happened walmart is driving and sears and kmart went bankrupt and basically they had the biggest resources they needed 
to succeed. They had the manpower, they had the capital, they had everything, they had buildings, they have, they have boards, you know, investors backing them, but all went bankrupt. So it's not the resources, it's resourcefulness. Walmart was resourceful. They were encouraging people to wake up early in the morning, go get to another state if need be, get the stuff cheap, bring it back and sell it. So if you think about, I'm going back to your question, so it's challenges, they will always be here. There's no time when you have no challenge when you're running your business. And the challenges are pretty much standard, as I said. Cash flow, retaining good people, finding good people, training, equipment, maintenance, technology, innovation. But if your mindset is right, you will find a solution to keep going. You'll train your good people to keep going, to start thinking like you are. And this is how you're going to excel. That is what I think. I 100% agree with that. And and I was actually at that expo in, in New Jersey, um, I think it was last year. Um, and I, I was listening to Tony talk about that same thing. He also talked about Costco and how they have been able to stand the test of time with their business model. And if you notice, they don't change their products very frequently, you know, because they were creative enough to know that, hey, we can get these costs down low enough for the consumer where we are going to have a sustainable income, but we're able to serve our customer in a better way by using just these products. And, and so it's that mindset too of service, you know, not just the mindset of, I am always going to be the best and I'm always, you know, I'm uh, what's, what's one, of, one of Tony's things, I am a badass, you know, I am a gladiator. <laughs> And, 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 you know, Joseph McClendon, I'm a badass. Tony Robbins, I am a gladiator. Uh, it's more than that, too. Though. It's, it's, you know, how can I better serve? And when you think about it that way, too, you're, you're, you're going to be looking at your business from a completely different perspective. And you're going to be finding these things that your competitors don't have because they're focused on money. Exactly. interesting thoughts. so go ahead yeah and, and and so that you know we talked about you know the career economy we've talked about um why you chose entrepreneurship um over over the steadiness of a job and and you know one of the one of the articles that we we're going to talk about today was um you know generational entrepreneurship so so you and i are you know we're millennials you know, I like to refer to us as elder millennials. Yes, <laughs> from the boomer. <laughs> so, so, I mean, we started our entrepreneurial journey. You started yours very young. The average um, millennial entrepreneur starts around 27 years old. Um, but it's interesting how a lot of us perceive the job market. And I see it a lot with my peers. I don't know if you see the same thing, but you see it. Uh, in a lot of literature too, but um, you know we are more more driven by by passion and making an impact, and that's not something that we can necessarily do in a cubicle job. So, speaking contrary to what Tony was saying, sure he has a very good point about that. But I think as um, as the generations progress, I think we're seeing a little bit more risk taking and, and more entrepreneurship. What do you think? Yes. Our, our generation is definitely has taken, you know, the uh, the lead on 
impacting and, and a lot of people around me they think the same way as well they're like what can i do you know i that, now for some reason like from sitting our bellies and paying our rent now you start thinking about contributing to society helping the other people serving the food for veterans or homeless right all the other stuff um and, and a lot of friends around me are doing the same thing it seems like it was like kind of wave and everybody caught up the wave or at least these are the people around me um i can't talk about the younger generation um you know besides my mentality is not there but from what i see around me people are just not 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 just me me myself and my belly not anymore <laughs> you know and uh to to put a put icing on the cake that we're all baking together and you know this is not a pitch for everybody to become an entrepreneur it's a pitch to read what's going on in the world right it used to be that we said hey we've got a 401k that's going to grow 8 to 12% i'm going to stay employed and if i do across 25 years i know what my gains are going to look like right and then 2008 happened and we had to step back and question is a 401k going to get us where we need to go alone and the answer is no probably not um then you know real estate we we said yeah i have real estate investment my home's going to appreciate and that's my past so i've got that in the 401k and then 2008 happened and property values cut in half many americans unfortunately lost their home and then we had to say to that as well that's not the sole path and what we've learned and i think what the millennial generation has learned more quickly than perhaps mine is that if you don't diversify yourself with a number of revenue streams then you are at significant risk right john yes but also one of the things that you mentioned earlier they say if you diversify yourself stretch yourself too thin then you become too thin and you can actually focus on one thing and make it good so I like diversifying the portfolio only if you're able to keep your focus and your pulse on where you putting your time and money into. Well, yeah, what I'm hearing, and tell me if I'm hearing you right, what I'm hearing is that if there are synergies between multiple things you are doing, if there are synergies and shared competencies, then it's not as if you're doing three different things. You're really doing similar uh, you're doing similar things across three different value propositions and i think that's what i'm hearing in your business model am i wrong yeah no i'm actually doing what i know like my last employer 2005 to 2000 to 2007 to 2009 i've worked for a home improvement company so i've seen them and i've seen how they handled and what how they got hit at 2008 to 2009 so it's real estate i knew real estate when i left venture on my own then cleaning home improvement again real estate i'm actually doing stuff that i know i'm not trying to take a risk to learn another business actually although i was thinking about it in the four unit building that we currently own and we just moved in we've got a storefront and we wanted to put a coffee shop there and my partner and i even went to new york took the convention took the boot camp took the classes we were so pumped and at some point we're like wait hold up do we actually know the industry <laughs> do we want to go through that learning curve do we have the time to learn so that but yeah you know would they say 10,000 hours to know something i'm actually doing what i think i know mm -hmm. and i'm doing it in one market um 
So I'm not trying to go completely off and learn something like a retail or food business from the scratch. Love it, love it. And so I want to lead into the next thing with a little bit of an explanation. We heard from Christian Salyer on our last uh, podcast. And for anybody who didn't listen to that, uh, right after this, you need to stop, take 45 minutes from your day because it will change your life. And the core message of Christian Salyer, who placed you know, music with A-lister actors, music and movies with A-lister actors like Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Steve Carell, he said, find what's fun to you. Do the things that enjoy and fulfill your heart. If you're fulfilling that part of you, the rest of you will be taken care of. So inspired by that, um, I drew out the three things I want to do in in the rest of my career. Um, And, um, you know, I want to create, I want to connect, and I want to coach. And that is my message. And that's my value proposition. And the way that I arrived on that, and this is leading to my question to you, John, is, it's kind of a twofold question. We're called doing the thing for a reason. So we want to know from you the secrets of that thing or those things you do. And specifically, you talked about savers uh, prior to the call. And I think that might, I'm not trying to feed you the answer, but I also want to explore that with you. So talk to the audience about how you first position your mind right in order for your mind to be most effective in all the things you do. And then what is that doing the thing thing that you do? First, I think what I had before I went to Savers, I've been doing them for a year and a half, and I'll explain what it is and how, how, and how they work. But before, I think one of the things that I had was an uncontrollable desire, right? It's the willingness. It's the want. It's, that's something that I wanted it. And, and a lot of personal development coaches and from the videos that you see, everybody you know, they coach, like you have to want it. Your brain is going to find a way how to make it happen. So you have to have this uncontrollable desire. So if your goal is to help someone or work for yourself or contribute, you know, or go after this, you know, target, like the object desire, you have to want it. That's one of the bigger things. And, and going back to my own, um, personal history, how I got here, one of the desires I had was to come to the state where I could explore, you know, have the freedom, running the business, you know, exploring the world and et cetera. That just happened my way, my brain finds a way. And then, then when I got here, I was scrubbing the floors and cleaning the toilets. And I'm like, I want to work for myself. I had no clue what to do. And it just happened. And I'm going to be vocal. My next goal is at 40 to stop exchanging my time for money. So that's one of the things. I just put it out at the universe now. Better make it happen. (laughs) And and remember about goals. It's not whether you hit it or not, but who you become in pursuit of the goal because you change now. And And now going back to the discipline that I've developed, I always had a discipline. I just didn't have a clear map how and why. But I always did have a discipline of waking up, going in my basement, changing my clothes and working in my basement, like in my company. Hmm. But um, a year and a half ago, I was at the gym, pool was closed, and I'm like, okay, I'm already here. Let me just work out and put my earplugs and listen to a podcast. And I listened to a podcast from Hal Elrod, 
he was there talking about the Miracle Morning book he wrote. And I took the book, I listened to his concept, I took the book, I read it, and that is one of the books that have that has actually changed my life for the last year and a half. And now I have What's more. What's the name like, of that book again? For the Miracle Morning, Miracle Morning Millionaire by Hal Elrod. Amazon is the best place to get. Bunch of stars. He's got a. He also has a very supporting community that you can join. Miracle Morning uh, community. So, basically, in that book, what he talks about is, and when you listen to his life story, you can attest to it. You know, he's not the most um, gifted person, but he has achieved everything that he wanted through discipline, and it's a little step every day. So he come up with this structure of savers that he calls them, and it is before you start your day, the concept there is before you start your day, let's say you start your day at 9 a.m. every morning, you need to be up one hour before, and that is the hour you take it for yourself and you work on yourself. And half of that hour, in a sense, you work on your physical body, conditioning it, and then the rest of the half you work on your you know, emotional and, 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 and enriching your own mind and knowledge. So SAVERS stands for stillness first, as a meditation or you pray, whatever you do. A is affirmation. V is visualization. Verse, and then E, um, the e, e is an exercise. R is reading. The concept is they're like 10, read 10 books a day. In a year, you have 3,650, which is about 12 books to 14 books. And then last S is for scribing, which is writing down your goals your, in your journal. But that is something that I've been practicing for the last year and a half, pretty much almost every day. And I was mentioning to Phil that it already became like a second nature to me. It's like a brushing your teeth. And then when it becomes your second nature, this is something that you have to do. You work on yourself every morning, you start your day up high. And instead of reacting to the day, what they have to throw at you, you already accomplished. You started at top, your energy level is good. You ate properly, you, you hydrated, now you're ready to take on the day as opposed to reacting at what it throws at you. I love that. That's a, that's a, I think we could all take a little bit from that. I think we all benefit from some type of routine uh, in that way. Uh, Tony Robbins himself even talks about the, the six core human needs. You know, uh, if you remember from that last UPW conference, um, you know, the certainty, uh, variety, uh, significance, love, and connection, and growth and co uh, contribution. And, mm -hmm. and I think that can kind of be covered by a lot of that morning routine uh, and fill in the gaps throughout the day, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. So that is um, that is a great message, and that's something that our listeners can definitely um, handle. So so we are coming towards the end of the hour, and we do have to start wrapping up. But one of the things that we didn't get to cover just yet is the the Green Clean Association that you are launching. Uh, can you uh, briefly describe what's going on uh, to the audience and and how they can learn more about about that? Absolutely. That's, in, that's a project that we registered two years ago in 2017, and that has been a dream of mine for 10 plus years now. 
when I started my janitorial company, I ran into constant challenges. And the challenges are what do you buy, who you buy from, how do you do this, how do you strip wax floors, what's the insurance, what's the workers' comp, legal entity protection forms, templates, right? And that goes on and goes on. And there never was an organization, at least that I wasn't able to find, that was, was a mission to help the little startups. And janitorial industry is one of the most, like because of its low overhead startup costs, a lot of people start janitorial businesses and quite often, unfortunately, they fail just because of the lack of proper guidance. So Green Cleaning Association is a one single source solution-based organization with a social and environmental cost behind it. The goal there is to help our core group first, which is our cleaning companies, such as Interworld Cleaning, one of the companies that I own, and at the same time, promote healthier, less impactful to the environment cleaning practices and protect the businesses and help them to stay and float and flourish. At the same time, we've got another group that we call customers that are like-minded clients because there's no single source place. If you need currently a janitorial service, you go to Google, you go to Yelp, you go to different websites and then you look for it and you don't even know if their mission is aligned with yours. So we will create that database where eventually it'll help the cleaning customers, whether commercial, residential, or industrial, to help find properly vetted, insured companies. And, then, and the third category we've got, we call them business partners, and those are everybody else who is in support to the cleaning company, such as independent contractors, lawyers, rental folks, equipment people, you name it, hotels, so we can, we're negotiating at very good uh, rates, good discounts, and, and all of this is free for our users. We don't charge for it, um, and that is what it is. The, the website address is greencleaningassociation.org. It's got a marketplace, just to give you an idea how deep of a savings we were able to find on an environmentally preferable product. In the past, when I was started, I used to buy a floor finish at like $150. Now we sell that floor finish at $68, which is a better version, a greener version of the same product. So any order over $200 for our cleaning companies will be delivered at the zip code that we currently service at no cost. And we can always set up the accounts and build them necessary. Intelligence. So you've built a, uh, you're building an ecosystem of like-minded uh, suppliers of service and clients, people that understand that there's an impact of chemicals to their health as well as to the environment. Um, you're educating on, you know, the conversion to the benefits of and the practical application of doing and also lining up, it sounds like, tremendous resources to these small companies who don't necessarily have an attorney to advise them in that moment they need it. Maybe they just have an accountant, they don't have a marketing person. Um, and so putting together all these people with one common goal is to make the world a little better tomorrow than it is today. Um, I think that's the vision I'm hearing and I think it's a brilliant one. Exactly, yep, you're, you're exactly right. For just to give you, just, I know we're running out of time, but give you a product, one of the products that we 
currently offer on our website. It's called Revolution Trash Can Liners. If you think about it, trash industry in US alone, you can't get an exact uh, number, but I would think it's a billion dollar industry because I've done the research, I can't find it. I'm talking about the liners. I'm only talking about the trash can liners. Those are the trash liners, the gift bags that the grocery stores give away, the, the other stuff where you buy from retailers, all this plastic industry. So there's a company called Revolution and they're actually making a revolution in the industry. So what they do is they have this irrigational pipes that they give that the farmers usually buy to, um, to water their uh, farms. And they only go for one year. They're good for one year. Next year, they throw it away, take it to dump, or bury it in the ground. What this company does, their parent company, Delta Plastic, goes and picks those up from the farmer at no cost. Farmer pays nothing for it. Then they bring this, wash it, and then melt it and make the resin, high-density resin from which actually Revolution trash can liners are born. And if you think about it, it's a giving a second life to the same product, which would otherwise end up in a landfill or somewhere else, right, in the water. Mm-hmm. And they are able to achieve up to 90% post-consumer resin. And in, on average, they're about 70%. So if you use one of them, it's about fueling one, 10 houses for like the whole year. And those are the products that we're actually pushing here. The products, the manufacturers that are making a difference or trying to make the difference. Absolutely love it. And so one thing I do want to do in summary is I got four amazing takeaways. And you tell me if there's another one that uh, perhaps our our listeners should focus on. But number one, get your mind right. Um, That savers exercise or whatever one you might implement. daily measures of success, do those things. Start your day in the way you want it to be and not the way the environment dictates. Number two, have a vision for the future. If you don't have one today, develop one. What do I want my life to look like a year and five years from now? You said, I don't want to trade time for money. That infers residual income from you know, me, I'm a writer, you, you're developing this association and some other things the ability not to have to pick up a pen or a shovel or whatever it is um, to generate revenue is a brilliant one. And your mind starts clicking towards things that make that possible. Number three, either fill a need effectively or find an unfilled need. And in your businesses, John, you're doing both. Green Cleaning Association is really filling a need that it sounds like isn't being serviced. Um, So I think that's phenomenal. And then finally, uh, diversify around your core competencies you as a person what do you do well what do you know what are you passionate about there's a number of things industries that you can apply that to um, that don't require you to reinvent yourself across industries and learn completely new things but instead leverage what you're good at in a number of ways Um, any that you'd add beyond those have a desire (laughs) you have to you have to one of one that will be your pool that will be because you're going to be thrown different circumstances throughout your life. You need a pull. You need that dream to go after. You need that. I think Tony Robbins says that to just to pull you through those tough times because that will be there. But, you know, it, you are as deserving as any other person in this world to achieve literally everything you'd like to achieve. 
just set your mind and start taking baby steps. I take him literally every single day. Mm, such an inspiring okay. message, John. That really good stuff. And uh, so, you know, I, from my perspective, I've so enjoyed the conversation. Um, I, you know, and Jason, I'm sure you'd agree. I 100% agree. This is a great message. I think that um, anyone that, um, you know, is out there that is, is thinking that they might not be in the right spot, you know, lots of great information that kind of come from this that can kind of help you uh, make a decision to break free from, from that cubicle life. Uh, maybe take a little bit of a risk and, and try something new and try something that can, you know, provide a little bit more joy um, and enjoyment out of out of your life outside of that that day to day cubicle lifestyle. Well said, my friend. John, thank you so much for spending time. I, as I said, I think it's a very inspiring and very specific message to, um, you know, action steps our folks can t can, can take today doing the thing. And so thank you all of you who have joined us today. We appreciate you so much. Please, again, remember to subscribe, pass this along to friends. Our goal is to change the world one person at a time, and you can help us do that. So we will put in the show notes, you know, email addresses, website address for Green, Green Cleaning Association. Um, please reach out to us, and we would love your feedback and suggestions on upcoming sessions. And gentlemen, have a blessed rest of the day, and weekend. Thank you, Jason. Thanks.